I'll be honest with you, rodeo season is about to kick off, and I am not a rodeo guy, uh, but I do like good cowboy boots. And Tacovas, well, they're all about rodeos, but you know what else they're about? Rock and roll. My best friend is a rock and roller. He's a guitarist. He wears these boots. It's awesome. Tacovas believes in Western for all, and you can feel that when you go into their stores. When you walk in, you'll be greeted like family. Offer to boot shine and drinks, yes, even the hard stuff if you prefer. And you can get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. You can even get custom leather stamping or branding that'll make your boots truly one of a kind. Look up your closest store on Tacovas.com. If you can't make it into the store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com. And Point your toes west. As a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovas has said that they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on Tacovas.com. Just use the code TRUCKS at checkout. That's T-R-U-C-K-S. It's about a $30 value and they sell fast, so there are always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter the code TRUCKS at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tacovas. Only at Tacovas.com. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What day is this? Uh, I just got back from a seven-day road trip, Nathan. Yeah, you were busy, weren't you? Uh, well, today, by the time you guys hear this, it's going to be around Thanksgiving time. So uh, we're just Black before. Friday? Yeah, yeah. And that is the point of this video, actually, is that we're going to be talking about accessories that many of you guys can purchase for your used trucks. And the reason why we're mentioning this is because an awful lot of you who write into us and call us and whatnot... Um, you have used vehicles, used trucks, and you're interested in these things, and we rarely get a chance to cover components that you can attach to these trucks to make them better, usable, uh, perhaps more utilitarian, whatever. Um, so rather than dive just into the really expensive, you know, $300,000 pickup trucks that are out there, we wanted to do this for you guys leading up to Black Friday. Yeah, and also past Black Friday, too. Yeah. Because... Uh, we read all your comments and emails. Thank you very much for uh, sending all those I comments don't, I and don't. emails. Well, you read some of them. I read like three years. Okay. But a lot of you, a lot of your comments say, guys, we can't afford new trucks. Yeah. Which is true. I mean, for most of us, actually. Uh, but this podcast, this Talking Trucks podcast is all about sprucing up your older truck, right? Right. What if your bed is rusty? Mm-hmm. What if you want to go off-road once in a while? What if you want more capacity or you want to be able to carry a larger load and you have a small truck like, well, both of ours? Yes. So uh, we're going to go over all those items, some of the things we used this year also, mm-hmm. and some of the things we haven't tried yet, but we want to use. <laughs> or that we really regret not using, <laughs> which is exactly <laughs> one of the reasons why we came up with this. And also, at the end of this video, by all means, uh, for those of you who are listening and watching, 
Uh, let us know if you have any ideas below what to add to it. Now, we put together a couple different structures in terms of pricing. Andre's on the higher end, because he always is, because he's, <laughs> he's, he's the Roland Bimp guy. And I'm on the much lower end. I'm a cheapskate. So we kind of have both bases covered, so to speak. But before that... Yeah. Yeah. Do you, you want to cover that email and some Patreon stuff? Yeah. I, I, we always thank our Patreon supporters. By the way, I also got an email saying, if I don't pay you guys, am I allowed to ask a question? Well, of course you are. Of course. <laughs> Sorry. If if we somehow made it seem like you cannot ask us a question without donating a little bit of money to support our podcast, that's totally wrong. No, the only people we charge to ask us questions are the people we work with. I mean... Yeah, Roman, for example. Yeah, Roman, I asked for a full dollar from, and he looks at me and goes, well, back in my day, you could buy a whole burger for that. Um, so, we, but no, seriously, if you do donate to our Patreon page, then what happens is, is you sort of move to the front of the line. In addition, not only will you get your uh, question immediately answered, personally, usually by this guy, but we'll also read your question directly here, but we'll read other questions as well. So once again, you, you, you get, I don't know, star you, treatment? You, Is that it's a like word? a you know, fast pass at Disney. Oh, he did a Disney oh, review. Oh, no, I'm not allowed no, to no, say no, that. No, that's okay. They like that. They like okay. That. No, no, it's like a fast pass. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you're kind of skipping ahead in line because um, we, we want to talk to you guys. Yeah. So uh, there, was, there was one comment from Gassy Peepers. <laughs> Uh, again, on Patreon. <laughs> By the way, patreon.com slash TFLcar is our only page on Patreon. That's so right. Thank you for your support. It covers all the bases. And without your support, we couldn't do what we're doing here. Um, <laughs> Gassy P this is a fantastic name. There's a great story behind it. And actually, that has to do with what Andre's about to read. Yeah. So um, our supporter, Gassy Peepers, uh, listened to our previous podcast where we mentioned his question. And he said that he really, first of all, he's thanking us for answering his comments and questions. You are most welcome. Um, and also he said that um, his username was uh, an idea of his daughter, who is 13 years old. <laughs> and uh, he actually played that snippet of the podcast for her, uh, where we are discussing the name. And she really enjoyed it as well. Well, young Miss Gassy Peepers, both Andre and I both have daughters and it really cracks us up yes. because we could totally picture our daughters coming up with similar unusual unique and <laughs> fascinating names just like that yes so you are awesome thank you so much and of course to your father gassy peepers thank you very much for supporting us we appreciate it was there a question in there as no. well or was just a comment no. uh, there was a question on our email where um a gentleman uh, his name is parker i believe um parker peepers no. Oh, just Parker. Just Parker. Sorry. Um, <laughs> he said that he was listening to our previous episode where you and Roman were discussing um, some um, missed opportunities in truck. Oh, world. yeah, 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 yeah. And I wasn't around because I was gone. Yes. So. Which we're going to talk about his uh, long road trip, which included Los Angeles, living in luxury, yes. and then going to Vegas, gambling high end on the strip and racing with Alfa Romeo, his drive <laughs> back in a luxury vehicle, yeah. but also the fact that he actually worked his butt off during that whole time. Yes. I will give you credit. You did an awesome job, my friend. So Parker said um, that you guys were talking about uh, that General Motors never made a Raptor competitor. That is correct. And then he said, well, what about the 2014-ish uh, Chevrolet Reaper. I have a response to that. Yeah, what is your response to the Reaper? You ready? Yeah. Oh my God, that's loud. Unbelievable. 
Unbelievable, Parker. No, no, bad, Parker. Bad. First of all, that was not built by Chevrolet. In fact, I don't know of any that are actually rolling around. There are plenty of one-offs or very short production vehicles that are put on by, say, Hennessy and some of these other companies that are out there, even Shelby. We're not talking about those. Those are very unique. And just like anything else, you can always make a more powerful version of anything else if you're willing to sink or in. Or a lifted a, version of anything. You yeah. can throw a quarter of a million dollars in anything and it'll suddenly become better. No, 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 no. I'm talking about products that come directly from automakers, car makers, truck makers. So in other words, when you're talking about Ford and the Raptor, the closest thing that Chevrolet currently has that would answer to it that's out there, aside from maybe the Hummer for some of you guys, would be the ZR2 version of the Silverado. Yeah, and, and then, they also have Bison versions of the ZR2. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But, but Which are actually built by the factory. Right, yes. exactly. And that is a factory-built vehicle. I'm not talking about going to a secondary com component likes, once again, Hennessy or who's uh, Black Widow or who are they now? Because they're not even like really around. Well, the company that proposed the Reaper project, uh -huh. um, I believe was called SCA Performance. And um, they're, I believe they're from Louisiana. Okay. But uh, I actually reached out to them years ago. I want to say this was like six or seven years ago. Uh -huh. And I said, your Reaper package on the Silverado is kind of interesting. Could I test drive it or maybe come to your office sure. or maybe you can send the truck here to Colorado. And they said, we'll get back, we'll get back to you. Mm -hmm. And I heard nothing. Yeah. And I don't know if any of them actually sold to customers. You know, we've been to uh, going to SEMA and a variety of other shows for years and years and years. And I would have recalled if I had seen one of those rolling around, I have not. That's not to say they haven't been built. Yeah, yeah, no, no. We're not saying that they never sold, but I, I, I don't know of any, like you yeah, said. Yeah. So, Parker, going back to your statement, uh, there were a lot of other companies that built super high-end versions of Silverados as well. We had one. Uh, that from Pax Power. From Pax Power. Yes. That thing was a monster. Yeah, Jackal. Right. And yes, that would be competitive as well. But once again, we're talking about automakers and what they build, built in large numbers, and have warranties from the automakers, and actually have components from the automakers. Some of these trucks yeah. are so redone that you will struggle to find more than, say, half of the components that actually come from the automaker. We're talking about vehicles that were built on the line by workers from UAW workers. You go, guys. And yes, then they come out, and then we buy them, and we have a warranty on them, blah, blah, blah. So yeah. anyway, so no, sorry, wrong. Uh, but but keep the questions coming. And by the way, if you've heard of uh, that particular truck or have a picture of it. Or, or if you own one. It, yes, if you own one. You please reach out to us. Please, please yeah. do. We would love to hear about it. Yeah. So now w uh, let's start with heavy duties because I want to talk about these accessories. How do you spruce up your used truck, right? By class. Yeah. Like okay. heavy duty, half ton, midsize, compact, that type of thing. Do you want to start with heavy duties? Let's start with heavy duties. Okay. and. It's an interesting thing because a lot of heavy-duty trucks that are being bought right now, used ones, they're going to people who are not using them the way they were originally in, intended to be built. Now, I'm not saying all of you. I'm just saying some of you. I've noticed a lot of people are, are towing, like, a 5,000-pound boat with a <laughs> heavy-duty truck that can handle a lot more than that. Mm -hmm. And they're using them for, for daily drivers and commuting. Totally fine. But in some cases, some of you guys are like, well, what can I do to take this vehicle that is not – necessarily a work truck anymore and turn it into something a little bit more personalized and i think we got a couple things for you yeah and i've been thinking about this so uh, tray beds or flat beds 
um, tray bed. Tray beds are awesome. Um, definition is kind of like Australian mm -hmm. definition because it's really popular over That's there. That's like tray bed. Yes. Tra tray. But okay. we call them flat beds mm -hmm. a lot here. Um, but it's not all, really a flat bed, though, is it? <laughs> it it often has these folding sides. Exactly. Right? So so you could use it in many different circumstances. You could. Put some gravel inside of it and carry, carry some gravel if you wanted to. Well, you can use it like uh, a pickup truck bed yes. is the point. And or it, you could fold the sides or maybe remove the sides and you have a flat surface. Exactly. Where maybe you could put a motorcycle on, a side-by-side -side on, or you can even put a camper on top of it. Do any number of things. Exactamento. A lot of them are very expensive, though. And mm. I think you're paying really for quality, right? A lot of them are aluminum-made. A lot of them come sometimes come from overseas. Right. Although there are several companies, even in Colorado, like Bowen Beds. Uh, Bowen. Is that the one that Mr. Truck went to? No, that was um, CM. CM, okay. CM yeah. out of Oklahoma, Texas area. Right, right? and you went with him to that. Yeah, that was yeah. actually kind of cool. So we upgraded Mr. Truck's truck. His former truck. His former F-250 truck with a flat bed, which actually turned out qu quite nicely. Well, aside from other things, wasn't it, even though it looked chunky, it was made out of aluminum, so it yeah. was actually lighter. So you're actually replacing your stock bed. Back then, of course, Super Duties had steel beds. Yeah. And we actually gained a little bit of payload out of it. Right. Because the bed itself, the new one, was lighter mm -hmm. than the old one. Not to mention the fact it looked kind of cool, too. Yeah. So I would say um, I would, if I had an older, used, heavy-duty pickup truck, and, for example, you know, some of them are rusting, you know, mm -hmm. around the wheel wells. Oh, yeah, that happens or, all the time. you know, somewhere else. Or the bed is damaged. Or actually the floor of the bed is damaged, right? That happens too. Um, I would say, you know, instead of patching it up or spray canning it, um, you can actually go this route, invest a little bit more money. And we're talking about, gosh, from like 5000 on a very, very basic level to like fifteen or $20,000. I mean, on the high-end level. And some of these have pull-out drawers. Some of have storage boxes. Um, some of overlanding beds have actually, like, water tanks built into them. Yes, right? they, and they look really cool, too, by so the way. So you can go all out on yeah, this. Super um, butch. Looking. It just depends on how you want to transform your vehicle. You know, maybe you and your significant other want to go traveling, uh, go on the road. So it just depends. The image that Andre is showing, by the way, is a picture of a GMC that has... That bed that he was referring to, I think more like the Australian style bed, frankly. Uh -huh. And it is a super cool overlanding look, but also it's super functional. Um, these types of beds, really, the only issue they have is that the, the reachover is incredibly high. Uh, you're talking about a very different type of setup over your regular bed. But at the same time, they're super utilitarian. They tend to be lightweight and they also tend to be very rugged. Yeah, and a lot of them have provisions for a gooseneck or even a fifth wheel attachment. Exactly. Because, and you and I have experienced this this year. Remember when we had um, GMC Sierra, the new one? Yes. And uh, we were going up to our ranch, mm -hmm. and it, the surface is uneven on our driveway right. and such. So sometimes when the truck and trailer, especially a fifth wheel, when they articulate, the trailer may come into contact with the bed. And you don't want that. No, it's the last thing you want. Or in certain types of cornering or certain under certain loads, mm -hmm. you can definitely have some issues with that. So uh, having a bed like this, which has, even though it's a high reach in, it's actually a fairly low wall. Yeah. Uh, or you can remove the or walls. Or you could drop the yeah. walls, exactly. Suddenly, everything changes when it comes to the dynamics of either a fifth wheel or a gooseneck. 
um, inside the bed of your truck. So that is another thing to keep in mind. Absolutely. Well done, Andre. Well, thanks. And also, some of these beds come with fenders for the wheel yeah. and big mud flaps because that's really important, you know, protecting what's behind yeah, you. Yeah, that's a whole different video that we should do at some point in time. Guys, you need to seriously put mud flaps on some of your trucks. A lot of your trucks. <laughs> a lot of your well, trucks. Because, well, a lot of us, including me, are towing a boat, for example, mm -hmm. and you have that nice gel coat on the fiberglass of your boat. Yep. And all of a sudden, your lifted truck is throwing rocks. It's kicking it. Yeah. Or throwing rocks at windshields of other people, especially in, like in snow and you know bad weather, throwing stuff up. That's uh, such a pain. So, yeah, having mud flaps is a good idea on certain trucks. Um, this particular design, though, mm -hmm. I think it looked really good on your truck. You should do this. On my Colorado? Why not? Well, Take that bed out, bro. It's possible, but yeah. I only have like five feet of space. You can make it six. Mm, I, uh, yeah, I could extend it a little bit. You could indeed. Mm. See? Nathan here to help. Mm. Okay, I'll, I'll consider that. <laughs> I'm going to get you in so much trouble with your wife. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. But anyway, yeah, keep talking about this. Sorry. No, no. I, I think I'm done on the, my bed topic. Okay. Um, of course, the other thing is skid plates. Yes, that's skid a plates. cool picture too. Yeah, we're looking at an AV design skid plate for a heavy-duty GM truck. Is that boron? It's near boron. I believe on their heavy-duty trucks, the AV did not use boron steel. Okay. But on every other half-ton and mid-size trucks, they do use this hot-stamped process for boron steel, which makes it super thin and lightweight and, and strong. super strong. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of companies sell skid plates. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so you just have to be a little bit mindful of, you know, how heavy or how lightweight you want to be, how expensive you can go on some of those uh, components. And we should mention that there's a lot of people who will throw a small skid plate up front, which may protect the underneath you know, components of their radiator and, and some of their engine, but they may neglect to put skid plates where their gas tank is or perhaps where where their oil goes or uh, transmission or it's 19 other places. If you're serious about skid plates, you really should think about the type of off-roading you're going to do and whether or not, even with aluminum, you want to add that extra weight underneath your vehicle. However, if you decide to do that, and especially if you're serious about protection, think about full protection. Think about what you really need to protect. And trust me on this, for somebody who's sliced open the bottom of an oil pan somewhat recently, and I apologize for that still. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> there's a really good reason why those skid plates are built the way they're built. So if you bought like some really crappy, simple steel ones that perhaps don't even fit on your truck, but they look good, okay. Um, I would definitely recommend going and getting the right ones for the right truck. And I, I'm always learning as well, right? So um, talking to Dave Harrington, the CEO of AV, mm -hmm. American Expedition Vehicles, and listening to some, some other experts in the field. <laughs> they actually talked about the differences between aluminum and steel and how aluminum, you know, sometimes has a tendency to gouge, right? Yes. It's still a relatively soft metal compared to some others. Even though it's lightweight, it will protect your components, but it could get gouged. Right. And when you are on that sharp obstacle and you're dragging that skid plate, that gouging effect may stop your progress, mm -hmm. like halt you, right? I heard the very same thing from Nina Barlow. Ooh, yeah, she's a, she's a great expert, She actually. is truly an expert out in uh, Moab, 
think that's her still her base of operations. I think she's also in Sedona. Sedona, that's it. Yeah, yeah she's yeah. also there too. Um, but for, you know, professional off-roaders who use skid plates all the time, there are. But the other side of it is, aluminum is usually less expensive, but more importantly, lighter. And for those of you who don't do that much off-roading or do light off-roading, perhaps that's the direction to look in. Uh, for those of you who you know perhaps don't. You don't think you're going to yeah. go over a big sharp boulder, or uh, since we're still kind of on the heavy duty segment, sometimes well heavy duty trucks have way more payload to play with than indeed. midsizers or half tons or anything yeah. else. So if you do have that big heavy duty truck, for example, like a thirty five hundred or an F three fifty, you have a little bit of more payload to play with. Yeah, sure. So if you do have a heavier steel plate. That's what, that may be okay for you. Exactly. Because it, you're still carrying a lot of stuff. With those big vehicles, a little bit of weight won't really hurt it too much. So of I, course. I, I, I got you there. Of course, you and I, you know, you have a compact pickup. I have a midsizer. Even though our pickups do have a decent amount of payload, we can't overload them with components too much. No. It, it Everything affects, at least mine, I think yours as well, every little thing affects their performance, especially gas mileage and whatnot. It's 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 a little ridiculous. Are we moving on to that? Already? Yeah, let's switch gears because we did mention yours and my pickups. Okay. So let's switch to this one. So let me tell you guys a little story. Now, first of all, for those of you who are listening, the picture behind Andre is a picture of an extension that goes directly to your tow hitch. And essentially, its entire purpose is for long items in a short bed. So they can have a little bit of support underneath. Um, it sticks out. In this case, it's about three feet. And then it comes up and it levels with your bed. So that way, if you have a long item in your bed, you have support. And that yeah, like can... Like plywood or a long a piece of lumber. <laughs> or two long pieces of lumber. Uh-huh. So the other day, I had to buy what were... Think of them as small telephone poles. <laughs> Whoa. Were you at David's Ranch or something? <laughs> no, no, oh. no. It's, it, I won't go into the personal reasons why I had to bring these out, but I had to get them. And my little stubby bed, even with the tailgate down, really can hold about five and a half to six feet. With the tailgate down. With the tailgate down. All right. Right. Well, these things were nine feet long. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc at highland we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes there's no customer pain point too small for us to help with Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. So that was not enough, and there was definitely a question. Even though I strapped them down, they, they, they could easily fly out. So 
I took um, an old bike rack from years and years ago, put on some extensions, Mickey Mouse did, so it would go out and kind of hold them an extra two feet past my tailgate. And it kind of worked, except because this thing was so damn wonky and it would lean and everything else. Every time I went around a corner, I kept thinking, I am going to take out a lot of traffic with these things. And I was going super slow. And it, it, was, it was stupid of me, I admit it. And I just, like, I could have bought one of these things. Now, this is the extension. This, and I, went, I looked at Harbor Freight, and it's 58 bucks, I think. Oh, geez. And I could have had one of those. I would have definitely spent the money and had one of those just to have in my garage just so I could use it when I needed it. And you could store it pretty easily. I mean, basically an well, L-shaped. Well, breaks down. Yeah, it breaks yeah, down a little bit too. It's like an too. L-shaped yep. um, piece of steel yep. that fits into your hitch, like you said. And goes into a two-inch. Yeah, and it has uh, support for tie-downs as well. Exactly. So and these, I've seen guys take uh, basically longer logs and just tie them right to it. So that way you can take something else that's longer or wider. And have it on there, and it'll balance it. And that's the whole purpose: is to balance it and to safely tie down the load. And I really wish I had used that. I feel like an idiot for not doing it. Fortunately, it was only a couple miles away, but I will never do that again. So something like this would prevent that. And actually, both of us could use it because my We're bed's both. tiny, and your bed's not that big either. No, my bed is like five foot two inch, and your bed is like four and a half feet. That's correct, approximately. So we could definitely use that. Um, and also, some of the new trucks, like the Ford Maverick. Some versions of the Chevy Colorado, some versions of the Gladiator. Mm-hmm. They have that mid position on the tailgate. Yeah. Where you could actually. Mine does too. Fi- oh, yours does that yeah, as well. Yeah. It, yeah. Where you could fix the tailgate like at a 45 degree yep, angle. I could do that. So you could like support some like items over the wheel wells, right? Yes. You could do that with, with plywood or certain types of wood. But in this case, because they're just long poles, very, very heavy long poles. I wasn't really able to make the tailgate work like that. Uh, by the way, I didn't know when I first bought the truck that it could really do that until one of our viewers pointed it out to me. Oh, sweet. Yeah, so thank you for doing that, by the way. guys. Hey, we're not perfect. We, we miss things. Anyway, so that is yeah, one of the things. But this is very inexpensive. For I mean, I talked, bucks. About, I talked about beds that cost, you know, 10000 bucks. Yeah. But you can buy <laughs> My, my idea is a lot cheaper. And it's just a utilitarian, simple thing. And there's a lot of you guys out there who have short bed trucks. So I do recommend it. Yeah, that's really sweet. And of course, that's why hitches are really great on vehicles. Any Hell vehicle, yeah. right? You can put the bike rack, ski uh-huh. rack, uh, lumber rack like this. And, and hitches are really robust. They're very thick steel. Even if Andre's driving a Toyota truck over Moab, Utah, and using it basically to slam into mountains, they'll it's, take it, it and, and they'll still be, have a square hole for you to shove things into. Yeah, and we have that. You're referring to our cheap Toyota series. <laughs> I am we indeed. We just wrapped up, actually. We just wrapped up our cheap Toyota series. Go to altfl.com to check that out. I highly recommend it. Now, um, so I was talking about the fact that I, I've been looking at uh, components that are for trucks that are under $300 roughly. That's how, that's kind of, I was like, yeah, yeah. you know. And this is something, for those of you who are listening, these are bed universal uh, bed uh, mounts for um, anything that you want. You can use them for what wood. Once again, it's uh, basically two uh, bed rack components. Basically. Yes, well, then they are bed racks, um, yeah. but they're universal, which is cool. So they can tie into lots of different types of beds, lots of different lengths of beds and widths of beds as well. They are adjustable. And the cool thing about these, I think there's two hundred and eighty-five dollars over at Harbor Freight, mm-hmm. and I've seen people use them before, for, and they hold. Uh, I think they have an over 500-pound uh, capacity. So if you have a rooftop tent, that's just going to hold you and the rooftop tent 
probably not a whole lot more, but really it's good for like small lumber, kayaks, things like that that you want to tie down. This is something that you could really use for that. And so I was just, what, three weeks ago at SEMA, mm -hmm. right? This 2023 um, SEMA industry show in Las Vegas. And I want to say there was about a thousand vehicles. They stated about a thousand vehicles on display mm -hmm. in this entire show, which is enormous. And lots of pickups. And I would say 90% of pickups shown had a rack. <laughs> this is really popular these days. Yeah. Because it crosses functions, actually. If you're a contractor, you're carrying wood, like you said, mm -hmm. or maybe, you know, your pipes. plumber, pipes. Right, right. Um, anything like that. You can use this, and it will go over your cab of your truck, so you can carry some longer items. Exactly. It also works for playing, like you said, tents. I don't know, maybe a bicycle rack, maybe something like that. And you can always disconnect it, remove it, and these are adjustable once again. Uh, so you can still maintain the usage of your bed. There's a lot of rack systems out there that I've noticed are very permanent the way they go in or very difficult to remove. And also super high quality because, yeah, sure. like you said, you wanted something that's really affordable. Yeah, right? this is a super cheap thing. And I would not recommend this for bashing around if you're going to go and do like, serious off-roading with a Or rooftop. even like washboard roads, right? It even could, that, it I wouldn't be. Loose, yeah, right? this is for those of you guys who are contractors or want to do very light you know, camping and off-roading. I'm not referring to anything super heavy-duty. If you want to go there, then what is it? Good stuff isn't cheap and cheap stuff isn't good? Uh, could be. Yeah, well, that was, I, I changed one of the words. Okay. Um, anyway, so, yes, this is, an, uh, once again, I think it's $285. Yeah, yeah, that's Harbor what, Freight. yeah. So, once again. Just under 300 Just bucks. under 300 bucks. So, something to consider for those of you who are thinking about it. Yep. And also, um, so, along these lines, and we don't have a picture for every item we're discussing um, mm. during during this podcast. But um, a lot of companies, aftermarket companies, are now coming up with like really heavy duty truck toppers as well. Oh yeah, including aluminum built toppers, so that it's not just a topper for the bed of your truck, mm -hmm. but it also has some payload capability where you can actually strap something down yeah. to, to the top of it. But unfortunately, a lot of these are very expensive, right? Because they're either Super, super well-made, mm -hmm. which may be important to you. If you're going into the Baja Peninsula and you want to go overlanding for a lot a lot of miles, you want to buy those high-quality components. That can just take the abuse. They're usually aluminum. Mm -hmm. They're usually really well-designed. And they're also several thousand dollars a piece. They you know, are. So they also exist. Or, or even higher. We have a friend that we made over at the Overland Expo yeah. who built his own. And yes. it, boy, oh boy, talk about an amazing thing. The power wagon friend. Yeah, I yeah. highly recommend uh, we did a walk around of the um, 2023 Overland uh, West show. Mountain Mount, West. Mountain West show. Out of Loveland, Colorado. Right, and that part is in the video, and he is definitely worth looking up because all his stuff is basically handmade, and he is meticulous and very artistic. Yeah, his channel name is Tivoli, so T-Y-V-O-L-E, and he... He's got several videos on his YouTube channel. Right. He also shows sometimes how he welds and how he builds components. And I don't know if he sells a lot of what he builds. Like he sells, he, he made these plates for, for the airbags. For the airbags. Right, right, right. To use as a, like a lift. Mm -hmm. uh, but even axle. those plates are like really cool design. Yeah. It's just, this, this is a guy who takes pride in what he does, and he's not trying to half-ass it. He wants to do it right. So it's cool. I do recommend you check him out. So what do you got here? I don't know. I'm still looking at this GMC. 
I thought you were going to look at the lights or something. Oh, like you that. mean the, the snorkel? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, uh, snorkel. I don't know how, unless you're super serious about your overlanding adventure trips, I wouldn't recommend a snorkel, actually. Snorkels what are a funny you? thing. Well, they look cool. For yeah. one thing, they they do. Let's just, well it changes let's, the entire look of your rig. Let's let's just all be honest here. Most of you people out there who buy snorkels and slap them onto your vehicle, especially if you do it right, I, I, I think you're awesome. But at the same time, you will rarely use the vehicle in such a way where that you have you necessitate something like a snor- snorkel. It's just. Yeah. It, the, the the purpose of them, there's two according to Toyota. <laughs> One that's not according to Toyota is wading in deep water and making sure that you are not getting water into your manifold. That totally makes sense. Sure. Although if you haven't waterproofed your vehicle, then you're screwed anyway later on. Yeah, I've learned that in Utah a couple times. <laughs> right. Second thing is that according to Toyota, it's a good way to get clean air when you're going through the Baja. So it sits or up dusty a, areas. Exactly, right. dusty areas in general. Um, either way, uh, they look really cool. It's great to see them on trucks that never leave the city. But honestly, it's also something that they're expensive. They require you to cut into your vehicle. You have to be prepared. Into the fender of your truck. At the very least. In yes. some cases, you have to go through more than one wall in order to get these things to reach the where, where they're supposed to go. Otherwise, you're just putting something on there and being a poser. So it's, one of, you, it's a bit of a commitment to get. And they're not cheap but they're you can get used ones for relatively uh, not a lot of dough but to get the right one and a good one i do recommend you not use a dryer hose and shove it into your intake and shove it or, put a, or, or you could well if you want to save a lot of money you could do that no if you <laughs> want to be silly no no so also the one we're showing you actually the, the this aev a- oh it's an aev um arb makes one too. yes they do. i mean many companies do and uh, the one I'm showing now is on the passenger side of a truck. Um, mm. So they could also be loud because at highway speeds, depending on the shape of the snorkel um, in, inlet, it can create wind noise. Yes. Right? So if, you're, if, you're, if you already have a large rack or a large tent on top of your truck, you may be already creating wind noise and you don't care. But if you don't have those components and you put a giant snorkel on your truck, then it could be noisy. Like you said, you have to cut into the side of your truck. It could be expensive. And if you haven't waterproofed your fuse box <laughs> or if you haven't waterproofed other components of your vehicle, like axles, mm-hmm. have breathing tubes, um, then you're going to be damaging your truck with water anyways. Right. So if you think you can slap on a snorkel and just ford a river... <laughs> You Please might want to reconsider. Uh, at the very uh, least, go online and look at a couple of YouTube videos. Unless please. you want to be infamous. Yeah. Yeah. And go yeah. viral. Oh, actually, yes. Don't forget to record yourself when you do that and send yeah. it to us. We would love to see that. Yeah. So, so that's one of the components. I would not generally recommend is the snorkel. Yeah. Um, so lights, of course. So lights is a big one. And what an easy way to spruce up your vehicle and make it more useful, right? Yeah. And we've done actually several projects. We often use uh, work with a company called F-150 LEDs. Mm-hmm. So many, many work trucks that we've tested over the years have, because they're work trucks, they're cheap, mm-hmm. inexpensive to own. Relatively. Uh, or to buy. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them have poor headlamps. That is so true. Uh, un- until recently, I think companies are listening to us. And others, maybe. And they're listening uh, to um, the IIHS. And... Uh, yes. IHS started rating headlamps. Yeah, thank God. So a lot of new trucks, uh, which one? Oh, the new Tacoma. Mm. 
will have LED lamps on some of the base models as well. Can we make an announcement before you go any further? Now, we yes. can't talk about much of this at all, which is why this video is not about it. But uh, Andre did get a chance to test drive the all-new Toyota Tacoma. Yeah, that's partially why I was in Los Angeles area is because mm -hmm. it was a drive program for the 2024 Toyota Tacoma. And I cannot tell you any how about how it drives. He didn't even tell me. No, I did not. Uh, until the 28th of November, which is just a few days after you're listening to this podcast. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be on tfltruck.com and, of course, our TFL Truck video channel. And alltfl.com. And alltfl.com. Yes. Yeah. So that's really important. But I didn't make note in my notes about the new Tacoma that even the base model will have LED lamps, which is very important. It is. It yeah. is. And I got to be honest with you guys. Ever since we had years and years ago... We had a Jeep Wrangler that we took to all 50, well, 49 states. Yes. Uh, and, we, and we rented one in the 50th we, state. Yeah, exactly. But this vehicle, Andre and I have a lot of experience with this thing. And what year was it? It was a... 2015. It was a 15. Yeah. And it was fully loaded, Wrangler, Rubicon, all that stuff. Uh, had the worst headlights in history. They're terrible, terrible headlights. Just little candles. They were candles. Time. And I know there's an upgrade for them, but... My point of view is that the one thing automakers should splurge on, absolutely splurge on, is your ability to see at night. As such, LED headlights, especially on modern vehicles, are a good start. Even if, I don't care if they're incandescent. I don't honestly care if, they, you know, you have, they're oil filled. I don't care. They have to be good. They have to be able to illuminate the road. And fortunately now, they're starting to listen, not really because of us, but frankly, because of the IIHS now puts in its safety protocol, you have to have good headlights in order to get a good score. You have crappy headlights, it will affect your score. And indeed, that's happened to many automakers, and I think they're paying attention. Yeah, and... Um... Here's a picture of the Jeep we were using. Oh, so while he's doing that, um, here. There, there she is. Yeah. So it was a red Jeep Wrangler JK Rubicon. So. And we, we drove the hell. And it was, by the way, it was a great Jeep. Great. We didn't. And actually very reliable. Jeep. Very. The only problem we had, and it wasn't we, it was Roman, and that's probably why. Uh, he had a problem with the disconnect, reconnect of the uh, sway bar. Yes, but remember you and I managed to snap a shock in half. Yeah, but I blame us. Well, we were driving through North Dakota and, and driving fast. And towing a trailer and bouncing yes. around off-road. Yes, so we did test it to this limit. Yeah. And uh, by the way, we weren't stranded by this problem. We actually nope. finished the drive yep. and then replaced the shock. That's exactly so. it. We just noticed it was riding weird. <laughs> really, really weird. Um, it was leaning on one side. Too. Yeah, it, it just it, it was a very unhappy Jeep in that respect. But uh, we, we took care of that. And then so and we had a check engine light that would pop on when we pushed it too hard when it was towing. But then that, that engine light would go away the minute we let off. So we figured that it had to do with... Um, he was just telling us, please don't tow this fast. <laughs> he just didn't like to tow. That's the bottom line. Anyway, let's go back to the topic, though. So uh, we are talking about some components that you can get. Now, yeah, lights. Lights are, if you do it right, you can use lights almost on a daily basis. But you have to remember how to use them and what the ordinance are in your local area. So, for instance, if your lights are above your the level of your headlights, they're no longer considered driving lights. I believe they are now considered off-road lights. And in some states, they have to either have a cover with them or be covered at all times. Yeah, exactly. And um, 
I've I've seen people actually misusing those lights. Me too. Sometimes maybe they forget, maybe they accidentally flip a switch, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you're on a regular highway or road, and then here comes an off-roader blaring its lights at you. Yeah, and, and blinding, blinding you. Blinding everybody. Yeah, now sometimes they do it on purpose, I, I can tell you that. <laughs> but um, if you keep them at your bumper level, give or take, then they can be used, especially if you get the right types of uh, lights. And I do recommend... You know, no matter how cool they look, make sure you get the right ones for regular road driving, especially if you have an older truck that really could use some help with its headlights. You know, when I, I did that with my Suzuki Samurai, mm -hmm. and I added those uh, LEDs, which, yes, they did look really cool. Little, little pods? No, they I were big. Remember, remember the, the front end of my... Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, they're big. Yeah. Each one of them was uh, nine inch, I think. For a little Suzuki, those were huge. Yes. And uh, they were great. I wired them up, and... Um, but the headlights driving home from here, terrible. Fired those puppies up, could totally see the road, and I wasn't blinding anybody either, which was great. So, yeah. And um, sometimes, like on the pickup truck, where you have a work truck version, and then you have other upper, higher-end versions of the truck, sometimes, not always, of course, but you could grab an aftermarket or at the junkyard, you know, a recycled part or uh, you can buy that headlamp separately mm -hmm, yeah. and stick it into your work truck. Although sometimes the wiring may not work completely. Yeah, you really so, need to check on that before you... So, yeah, so it doesn't work. It's not like very, you know, interchangeable sometimes. Right, but, but, but this works. You know, buying an extra set of lights is a smart bet. Now, for those of you who buy 50 lights for your truck... We don't believe you. <laughs> Sorry. Or lighting up under your truck as oh, you're rolling down God. on your stanced, oh, stanced wheels. Oh, my God. I love it when people add weight to vehicles that they want to make into performance vehicles. That's always awesome. Um, we recommend if you're going to do extra lights, just keep in mind what you really want to do with them. Um, yes, of course, extra lights always look cool. I agree. However... The functionality of a light will look cool to people who understand what they're looking at, right? So it's a little bit more than being a showboat. So anyway, it doesn't matter. That's our opinion. But the bottom line is that they do make uh, a great stocking stuffer, but also a really simple way to, to, to fix an issue with your truck that you may not have realized you had. Totally. And actually, it will change your life. I mean, you're driving at night probably, and you don't realize that you could be seeing much more than you're actually seeing. Exactly. And that, so that, that is... Could be, if, that could be... We great. learned of some valuable lessons from that. Okay, so what's next? Uh, well, I was going to look at rock sliders because I recently <sighs> bent the Tundra's uh, step. <laughs> you had both uh, sides. Yeah, I yeah. did. Uh, can I tell everybody what you did? Sure. Okay, so on our second episode, I think, of yep. um, our Dirt Cheap uh, Toyota Truck Special... Andre bought a Toyota Tundra. Um, by the way, that Tundra was solid as hell, as much as I made fun of him. 2008. Yeah. And yeah. It, it was it was definitely a worthy truck. But um, it was also one that was beat up and then extra beat up by Andre. So what he did was it had those side steps. And we were going off-road, and he squished those side steps so much, he turned them into sliders. <laughs> I, I didn't mean to at all. It was But awesome. actually, it helped the truck. It did. It, you, you had better... Uh, Clearances. Clearances were actually much more improved after you squished it. Uh, oopsie. Yeah. So, but, <laughs> but it's important. You can actually buy. So there has to be. A, a, we have to define mm -hmm. what the rock slider is. Okay. It's not a step to help you 
jump into your truck. Even though a lot of people think it is because some automakers, uh, truck makers, and also a lot of aftermarket companies are building these sliders that are also integrated into a step. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. And I think a lot of people are fooled. Which could be cool. Which could be cool, but people are fooled into thinking that that's how they are. No. Initially... Rock sliders were as simple as putting a piece of tube steel underneath a vehicle in a vulnerable spot to prevent the vehicle from sitting on its frame when it's scraping over a rock. The whole purpose of this is the word rock slider. So you would slide off the rock and not damage the under components of your vehicle or, or the frame. have a rock come into your rocker panels or doors. Yes, right? and I love that arm yeah. action of yours. You should uh, see it, guys, if you're listening. Yeah, no, no. It's really bad when a rock comes up from behind. Uppercut. <laughs> Trust me, I know. Uh, <laughs> we've all we've all we all dealt with that, I guess, in the past, I should say. But yeah, um, yeah so that's one of the things that they do now. Uh, they've improved their design over the years to become a little bit lighter, but still remain strong. And yes, in some cases, they're combined with some sort of step. But in other cases, they're just a good old-fashioned rock slider. Yeah, and some companies like Nissan, like for example, in the most recent Frontier, mm -hmm. they're actually there's Nismo off-road parts. Yes, and I, I want to bring this up because. Basically, every manufacturer have genuine accessories. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not aftermarket, but they either used an aftermarket supplier and then certified them mm -hmm. as genuine accessory, right? Or they designed it themselves. Correct. Right. So it can go either way. But Nissan Frontiers have this rock slider step, which has with bolts you can attach hoops to it where you put your feet. And then you can climb into your truck. Right? We had a Nissan Frontier come here with all the Nismo parts on yes. it, and it had that. Yes. But if you wanted to actually work it as a rock slider, you have to get down there with a wrench, remove the little hoops for your feet, right. and then you have more clearance, Yes, and then actually use it as a rock slider. Correct. Now, some of you might be saying, well, yeah, if you put in a rock slider, isn't that going to affect your breakover angle? It depends on the truck, and it depends on the rock slider. Yeah, design. In, in some yeah. cases, they pretty much kiss the frame, 
and or they're just set a tiny bit underneath it, and it really is negligible in terms of the amount of uh, breakover you lose. But some of these other ones hang down quite a bit, and yeah, you actually can use lose kind of uh, if I could speak English, lose quite a bit. Yeah. So yeah, it's both sides of that. It depends on what you buy and depends on what you're using. And then also how it mounts to your vehicle, right? Mm. A lot of vehicles don't even have a frame. Yeah. Well, like mine, yours, a little Santa Cruz, for example, does not have a body and frame design. So a lot of vehicles, in order for it to actually be a rock slider, it has to be rated for at least like half the weight of your vehicle. Correct. Right. Which could be 3,000 pounds, it could be 4,000 pounds. I mean, different vehicles weigh different amounts. Now, there, there, if I can just quickly jump yeah. in, there are subframes on Ridgelines and Mavericks and including my little truck. And they also have a beefed up underside to where there are ways of, and hard points to where you can actually attach a rock slider, so to speak, if you're silly enough to or take a or a step, yeah. which is which is something they actually have as their regular uh, features that you can get as a side component. But um, it's even though there's no frame underneath these things, you can still attach these components to them. And can I just say, um, sometimes OEMs can be silly. <laughs> yeah. They, they would add a, a huge sidestep to like a Maverick or, or a Santa, Santa Cruz. Cruz. Yeah. And maybe it's because I'm a taller dude, but I don't think most people need a step to step over six inches of clearance. So I made that comment on the video that I shot. I had yes. two Santa Cruzes. I had mine, and then I had this other one, which is identical to it, but it had... Oh, XRT, the, right? Yeah, the XRT package, yeah. which had basically... It checks every box of every component you could slap onto this thing, or not every, but most components, through uh, Hyundai. And I thought it was silly, because the extra amount of money that you're paying for all of these things, a couple of them were cool, but it had these side steps, and the side steps completely took away, not only from your breakover angle, just in general, but also if you're cruising through snow and ice and all that, it's the last thing you want is extra drag, and th that stuff will drag on the ground. Now, of course, I made a comment, and there was that one guy who was, I said, I mentioned my sister, who's essentially a hobbit. She's five foot tall, give or take, a little tiny thing, and even she has no problem getting into my little tiny Santa Cruz pickup. So having a step would probably mean that you're well under five feet tall if you really needed it. So then you're a child, basically. You're helping yeah, your kids. But even jump in. then, it's just like that is such a, it's, I just think it's completely unnecessary for something that low to the ground. Now, now on the other hand, if you have Andre's truck, which is much higher off the ground. Yeah, my trail bus actually is up there. Yeah, it's up yeah. there. That makes a little bit more sense. And then having something that you could step and help you into, okay, there's an argument for that. But something as low as a Hyundai Santa Cruz, I mean, come on, that's ridiculous. So I would not recommend that as an extra little thing for Black Friday. <laughs> not at all. Yeah, and I do want to put a set of... You know, I would say at least I can't decide. Like, so my kids are now older, so they're not really And they're, they're pretty small. tall, both Yeah, so my kids are tall. So I don't want to step on my truck. I actually want the rock slider. Yeah. And General Motors does offer that. Okay. It's quite expensive. Oh. So I want to say like $900. Seriously? Yeah. And, and then you still have to install it. Yeah. 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 So a lot of these parts can be expensive. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying you'll find everything for under $300. But... First of all, it's designed to work with my truck. Exactly. So it's measured and everything. GM is certifying it. Right. And the way it mounts, it actually attaches to a point where you can actually put half the weight of your truck, if not more, onto that step. Exactly. Or not st I'm sorry. 
Rock slider, not a step. Rock slider. It's not a step. No, it's not. That's that. It's not a step, unless yeah. of course you get one that has a step integrated into it. Anyway, so uh, yeah, I think we've put the rock slider thing to bed. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So now um, we could say a little bit more about uh, roof racks. So, for example, oh, Santa yeah. Cruz has those rails on top of its roof. Optional. Option. Oh, is that a sore subject? I don't have them on mine. Can you add those? Sure. If you're willing to take apart half the car. There's a guy. He's great, by the way. I forgot his name, and I'm terribly sorry. But he has a Santa Cruz, and he actually wanted to put the roof rails on there that come from the manufacturer because he got the same package I did, which is just a step up from the base model. So it doesn't come standard with the roof rails, which is silly. Anyway, what you have to do is remove... The rear seat, the you have to remove the headliner, you have to remove a whole bunch of components on the floor. All of this stuff in order for everything to drop properly, in order for you to drill into the car and put these things in. There's no pre-tapped holes, you have to actually do that. Fortunately, if you do it right, there are holes inside <laughs> if you do it right. What, what if you do it wrong? Then you are so screwed, you're going to have to patch holes. That you yeah. yeah, so there's a lot going on there in order to do it, and it's a good day or two for you to actually tear apart your car and make this happen in order to put in these roof rails. However, if mm -hmm. you're like me, there are ways around that, like you can buy those roof racks that are universal and they can attach through your door. I don't like them personally, but they, they are doable. So, I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, source yeah. subject, but you can move on now. But but partially you bought a pickup truck because you wanted to put stuff in your to your bed. Yes. So, hopefully you don't need a roof rack I've used times. the damn roof racks that I have, which I have universal ones, like so far three times and I've owned the thing for a year. Oh, there you go. So, yes, I do uh, use them. We get all these comments, too, like, why do you need tow hooks? Because you never use oh, them. Oh, for crying out loud. No, we don't like those comments. You know, I just used the tow hook, actually, recently to extract those logs I was talking about. Because <laughs> I, I had to drag them out of this person's property. And, and then just, put them in your truck. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So I pulled, yeah. Um, so um, I also had an experience, or partially an experience, with mm. a roof rack. Um, my As you know, my wife owned that now Subaru Outback for many years. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, every Outback comes with that large roof rack. Yeah, it's got the swinging bars, yeah, that, which, which I love. Cool. Those yeah. are very freaking yeah. cool. Very cool. Tell you. She owned it for, I want to say, close to six years? Oh, I was going to say five, but okay. Maybe five years. Okay. Five to six years. And we used that rack exactly once. <laughs> because we did have a hitch mount. We did, added a hitch to her car. Yeah, so we, you put your bikes there. Yeah, we put bikes on the hitch because usually we don't like stuff above the roof because it creates noise. You know, you lose MPG actually, and big many time. MPGs. Yes, big. Um, it really affects so cars. I was working on her car once in the driveway, and I was like, "What if I just remove these bars? You know, off her Outback. We've mm -hmm. used it once. Why do we need to carry it around? You know, the little rubber seal around the base of the rack mm -hmm. started to, you know, curled up in the sun over time, and it started to come up and looks look a little bit ugly and creates wind noise. Yeah, yeah. I I, I couldn't remove it. Because the bolts were inside the roof liner. Yes. Yeah, so in other so words, I had to remove the roof liner first. The, the headliner, you mean? The headliner. Yes, yes, exactly. And that's the point of, of, of this. And, and so a lot of these vehicles, it's not easy to add or remove. <laughs> yes. So, the, well, they I don't, and then they, really, they would rather you not, frankly. I, and, they, you know, I, they test these vehicles, they make them a certain way specifically because they want to make sure that you, you know, whatever gear you're getting with it, they put it in it. And they want to make sure you don't monkey with it. That's one thing they definitely want to make sure. Uh, okay, with that being said, um, I will say, and I, I will go on record, that I used to have a Toyota Tacoma. 
which I adored and I truly miss. And I had a roof rack on that. And I used that, let's see, I had that thing for a little over a year. So I probably used it about four times, actually. I used it once for camping and a couple times for moving. I used it as a tie-down point as well, because with that roof rack up there, and I had a basket, a metal basket, I was able to actually connect uh, ropes or bungee from that to the bed to hold certain things in place. And if you're looking at a truck making it maximum utility, yeah, having a roof rack on top of a truck, especially for those who like doing overlanding and camping and whatnot, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, in my case, yeah, it didn't help gas mileage, but I got to tell you, that was probably that and the lack of horsepower were the two biggest issues with that Toyota because it got terrible gas mileage, dude. Ooh, and it, was, it didn't help. That, that, yeah, that didn't thing. help at all. Now, um, before we go on, do you want to quickly talk about your trips? Because you did an sure. awful lot in a short amount of time. Yeah, just really briefly. Um, also, you mentioned power, right? And we haven't discussed power adders uh, because I want to touch on that topic <laughs> yeah. a little bit later. Okay. So my trips were, I mean, first of all, incredible. Uh, um, 2024 Toyota Tacoma Drive we'll be able to tell you in a few days a lot more about this. Mm -hmm. But I can just say that Toyota brought, gosh, I want to say like 15 or 17 different Tacomas. Wow. And I think, well, we couldn't drive the hybrids because the hybrid rollout is a little bit later. Okay. So the hybrids come out in April or May of next year. So there'll be a separate and drive for that? There'll then? be a separate program, separate event, everything like that. But this time it's only the turbocharged new engine, right? The new mm -hmm. Tacoma. Sure. But they had like five different trim levels. Oh, cool. So it was one of those events, like sometimes manufacturers do, where you could try a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. So I was really thankful for that. So we did on-road driving, off-road driving, the whole gamut. Then LA Auto Show. Yes. <laughs> so, okay. It was a slightly disappointing show because... There were not many new unveilings. Well, especially for trucks. And Stellantis had to pull out kind of last minute, just like they did with SEMA. And they're also not in CES. And that's a and hell also, of a thing. You know, other manufacturers that are usually in LA were not there, like Porsche. Porsche so was not Porsche there. Porsche was not there also. That's a real pity. And this is a market for Porsches. I mean, Southern well, California. Usually at the LA show, they have their special exhibit off to the side. Yes. With that room. small room that they go through. And it's it's been there for years and years and years. So the fact that they weren't there and Stellantis had no vehicles there either, very painful for an awful lot of journalists because there were events that were quite popular. Uh, Hyundai, Kia had some huge crowds. Same with Subarus, to And be also fair. big... Booths and big unveils. Yes, too. yes. So it was just a weird balance. And LA is one of the most popular auto shows out there. It is still competitive, if not better than, say, Detroit, although Detroit's starting to come back. And I think it's on the same footing as uh, Chicago now. You know yeah, I mean? and also it's kind of like the last show of the year, major yeah. show of the year. Exactly. Because it's usually in November. It's mm -hmm. usually like mid-November, like it just happened. Right. Um, so... Uh, we did that. Zach, Zach, our producer Zach was there. Uh, Zach helped out enormously, of course. And we tried to, we, well, we did videos. You can check them out at OTFL.com. Yeah. Um, and in addition, by the way, he did a video, uh, a big video with uh, Moto Man, our friend. Yes. And uh, they did a huge walk around and uh, managed to go around and do quite a few things at the show, spotlighting various vehicles that yes. are there. So check out our podcast, our TFL Talk, right? Mm -hmm. um, and... Well, of course, we wish you and Roman were there of as course. well for, for that. But like we said, how much 
resources can you dedicate to a show if you know not many things are showing up, right? Well, that's so hopefully going to become something that we rectify in the future, we being the automotive industry, and maybe they'll bring in more vehicles next year, especially to L.A., um, it's where I grew up, and it's sort of my stomping ground. So not going there this year was really hard. And But the good news is Andre got a chance to cover a ton of material. And then from there, it's it's weird because he was SEMA, comes back, week later or two weeks later, he's yeah. back out there because he went to Las Vegas again. So Alfa Romeo was kind enough, and they invited one person. And it happened that I was kind of handy. Um, because Alfa Romeo it has a Formula One team. Mm-hmm. And um, our friend Nick Kappa, who is part of the PR team at Alfa Romeo. Nick rocks. Yeah. Because we used to work with Nick a lot because he was also at Ram and Jeep. Yeah. Nick Nick was really what introduced... He helped start TFL Truck. Yeah. We talked suggest- about this. He suggested yeah. it to us when we were just TFL Car. And he was like, dude, nobody this else is doing like this. This was 10 years ago. Over or more. One, almost 11 yeah. years ago, I'd yeah. say. And so he, he is a big friend of the show in that respect. But he's moved on from trucks and Jeeps, and now he's at Alfa Romeo and Fiat, I believe. Yeah, exactly. And he said, Andre, this is short notice. Are you going to be in Los Angeles? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be at the auto show. He's like, well, do you mind driving down, and do you want to join me at F1? My jaw hit the, you know, the floor. Right. I'm like, yeah. I'm, I used to watch Formula One as a kid. Then we moved, my family moved from uh, Russia to Colorado. I kept watching Formula One. You know, all the older school guys, including, of course, Michael Schumacher and and the rest. Kimi was one of my guys, Kimi Raikkonen. Yeah, when I met you, you were a big Kimi fan. Yeah. You were a huge Kimi fan. Uh, so anyway, yeah, of course I wanted to go. I love Vegas. So yeah. it happened. I drove, and there's, there's a whole video coming about this. Yeah, so stay I, tuned for that. Yeah, and also, as part of this, um, I also visited Motorman's studios at his hangars. Yeah, yeah, the, the boy club or the, the, the man cave. Well, it, this, these, are, <laughs> these are some of the most elaborate and lavish and machinery-filled man caves that I've ever seen. So uh, our friend Motorman has friends that have hangars near his hangar. He has his very own hangar, and he, he used to do a lot of shooting from there, but not so much anymore. And he keeps his plane in there, and he has some other stuff in there. But these other hangars, uh, they house some of the most amazing vintage vehicles you could possibly imagine. Uh, I believe a Bentley blower, similar to the Le Mans winning Bentleys from early Le Mans. Um, yeah, this is like pre-World War II. Yes. Some of these vehicles. Uh, and some of them are post, of course. Was the Gullwing Mercedes there? No, unfortunately not. Oh, that's a but, shame. But there was a 1958 Julia Convertible. That's right. Oh, that was... Yeah. Oh. 911R, mm. uh, slightly modified uh, Porsche, mm-hmm. classic one. I saw Ferrari F430 manual. I mean, many, many. And, of course, Motorman recently purchased a Porsche GT3 yeah. uh, Touring. Um, I did not get behind the wheel. I didn't get a time or chance. He, he let you sit in it to take a picture. I did. Yeah. And I, I told him to drive it like I stole it. And uh, I didn't, it didn't happen. No. Which, Maybe next time. I think he caught wind. Motorman caught wind of what I said and said, no keys yeah, for you. Yeah, he's like, how about we do this? <laughs> how about we look at some other man caves? Please don't touch my, what, quarter of a million dollar Porsche or whatever it costs. Nobody knows how much it's Porsche It's a stupid costs. amount of money yeah. for that car. Anyway, so I, I did this tour, and I jumped into a car that Alfa Romeo provided. So part of it 
we needed cars in Las, in Las Vegas mm -hmm. for the event, right? Right. So I drove a Giulia Competizione. I'm practicing my Italian. It's quite good, actually. Uh, and that was cool. Took me about five hours to leave Los Angeles traffic areas and actually get to Vegas. And then, of course, amazing experience at F1. First time in, re in modern history, because last Las Vegas race was in 1982. Yes, and guess who was there? Were you there? No way. I wasn't allowed in the parking lot. It took place in, a, in Caesar's parking lot. It was terrible. It was hot. The guys who were there absolutely hated it. Back then, the rules were very different. I didn't get to go to the event itself, but I was able to watch from the hotel. So I could see just the corner of the track. And I could, that, that's the closest I've come to Formula One. And uh, it was like, even back then, even being in a hotel, it was loud and it was crazy and it was cool. But yeah, back then I was a little kid and it was, yeah, it was. So, <laughs> yeah, it. this F1 race in Vegas started with, well, um, a drain cover coming loose <laughs> yeah. on, on the race. You've all heard course. about this drain cover. Yeah. That was during practice though, right? Thursday practice. Um, it's usually a three-day event, if not more. But as far as cars moving on track, it's mm -hmm. usually practice day, then qualifying, and, and then final practice, and then the race day is the third day. Anywho, uh, it seemed like the team recovered. Uh, there are still unhappy people that want their money back from Thursday. And they should get um, it, frankly. Yes. But Friday and Saturday, when I got to be there, were really smooth. I felt like, but I couldn't move around the track as much as I wanted to, even though we had tickets to come in. Yeah, they kept you corralled. Corralled in certain sections. Like, if you bought this section X, you could stay in section X. Mm -hmm. You couldn't really go to section Y. I'm just randomly picking, you know, labels. Yeah. So anyway, anyway, amazing experience. I, uh, and then I drove a Julia, not Julia, jeez, Stelvio, Stelvio. Uh, SUV back here to the office. Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. And they just arrived last night. Yeah, it's still one of my favorite crossovers. I know it's yeah. kind of useless for off-roading, and uh, I know, uh, you know, Italian It's, it's got 21s, dude. It's not an off-roader. No, but sitting in those things and driving, they drive so good, and they're just, they're just so much fun. Just easy. It was a, such an easy road trip car. Yeah, I bet it was. Yeah. Yeah. Because I did 11 hours on it yesterday. And I actually exited the car. Exited the car without my... You know, butt being sore or my legs being the sore. Seats are good, aren't they? It, the seats are amazing. Yeah, yeah, I think Italian stitching and all that too throughout. Mm. Mwah! Anyway, Thank you, Italy. So that story is still coming as yes. far as video is concerned. Okay, so stay tuned for that as well. Or that check is... out altfl.com. Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. Now, for those of you who are, are were listening and not watching, I spilled a bunch of um, coffee on my lap. So why would you do that? Gee, Andre, I, I just I did it on purpose to get attention. Um, okay. So I'm just letting you know if I look a little uncomfortable, there's a very good reason for it, because it is soaking through to my underwear. Um, That's a little bit too much information. No, I it's plenty say. of information. People now know because they're going to say in the comments below, I saw him spill the coffee and he didn't say anything. I'm saying something now. So there it is. I just put it out there. No longer need to mention it. So let's continue. Let's wrap up this yeah. um, the, these accessories and stuff. Yeah, discussion. So I think we have to talk about suspension lifts and 
power adders. Where do you want to start? Suspension lifts or power adders? Well, let's go to the power adders because I, I have a, I have a real problem with that. Okay, me too. So we all love power. Of course. Uh, but it's getting a little bit more and more challenging to have an effective power adder. Mm -hmm. So it used to be, and still is to some extent, people would say, you know what, get a cold air intake. An exhaust. And a little exhaust yeah, system. Yeah. And you know what, you might throw in a chip there, you know, a little tune. Yeah. Just sprinkle a tune on top of it. And in some cases, it did make a difference. Yes. But this is over the last five years, I would say, mm -hmm. EPA organizations and other emissions organizations are cracking down on a lot of these items. And I'm not saying that they're all gone. There are many, many companies that do great jobs with completely emissions legal systems mm -hmm. as far as even some tuning options, sometimes manufacturer approved. Because now most new trucks have over-the-air update systems that touch your computers. Mm -hmm. And if you change the computers, they'll either overwrite a lot of that data or sometimes even break something, right? I think your truck has something similar to that available, doesn't it? Yeah. I actually tuned my truck from the factory. I went to the dealership and they had the little high output trim to tune on my 2023 Colorado. Mm -hmm. And I, I did pay some money and I did do it. Okay. Well, did it make a difference? Right. I didn't measure my performance. I it's a little bit more um, spice, spicy. Okay. Um, what it adds is torque, and torque is kind of like what helps you get moving. Yeah, right? of course. And I, I do squeal my tires from time to time. Yeah, and you squeal your gas mileage too, if I recall. Um, I haven't measured that yet. Yeah. But that could be so. My turbocharged engine. This is why this show is titled Sprucing Up an Old Truck and not Sprucing Up a New Truck. Right. Because sprucing up a new truck is now getting orders of magnitude more expensive. Yes. Uh, for power adders. Like I said, over-the-air updates could squash them. Mm -hmm. um, also, power adders that do exist are very expensive because they either have to be, of course, go through all the legal certifications, but also approved by the manufacturer. Yes. Like Whipple sometimes does. And sometimes when you add these things, they might make a slight difference, but you may have taken something away from the vehicle. Let me give you a really quick example. Yeah. Uh, cold air intakes, which look really cool in many cases, especially on Subarus, but a lot of people put them on trucks. Unfortunately, when you remove your cold, your regular intake from a box, which was used as a filter, and there's a filter in there, and then you suddenly have it very exposed, in some cases, that can change the amount of heat that's getting into your system. It can change the amount of goo that's getting in there, especially if you actually off-road. It can actually become more restrictive over time. And what many people don't do is they don't clean those filters. They yank, throw them on there and like, yeah, we're good for another 100,000 miles. And in some cases, these filters have to be changed out every 20,000 miles or cleaned at the very least. Well, it becomes a hot air intake at this point. <laughs> exactly, which is exactly what your truck doesn't want. Yeah. Um, so, of course, there are systems that do a good job at that. Yes, right? But yes, once yes. again, they can cost more money. Right. And then what do you notice, right? Mm. You may not notice any difference. Remember also Chevrolet and GM for Sierra, GMC, and Chevrolet trucks. They have their approved cold air systems. Yes, yes, and yes. And exhaust systems. And they charge a lot of money for those. <laughs> Um, right? Yeah. I, I would say, I can't remember exact numbers, but it's anywhere from $500 for the intake to about twelve dollars or $1,500 for the exhaust systems, right? Yeah, I believe Toyota has something similar to that, or it used to at least. And actually more manufacturers are doing this now, yes. right? 
Um, so those are factory approved with warranty. Mm -hmm. And will you notice big difference? May or may not, but you do notice sound. Sometimes you get a little bit more intake noise, right? Because that it's a little bit freer, or a little bit more exhaust noise, or sometimes a lot more exhaust yeah, noise, yeah, which something. is great. Yeah, right? for some people, yeah. But if you don't have a V8, you may not want to hear more of that <laughs> engine, right? Because it may not be as pleasing. Right? Yeah, especially certain V6s just sound terrible with exhausts on them. Yes, I'm looking at you, Ford. They're off a lot of those EcoBoosts really don't sound great when you throw on various exhaust systems. They may perform a little bit better, but man, all that money for that sound, ugh, it doesn't sound so good to me. But what we're talking about is actually adding power to older trucks. Yeah, that's a little bit, that's a big topic actually. Yeah, because we're talking turbochargers, superchargers, chips, cold air intakes, like we mentioned, uh, Ram air. I mean, there's a variety of different things you can do in order to improve the way your vehicle breathes and the way it produces horsepower, but it all costs money and sometimes uh, a lot of it. And it's hard to be a stocking stuffer in quotes, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, you could stuff somebody's stocking with, you know, a, a rock slider or a roof rack. Yeah, um, honey, here's a supercharger for you. <laughs> it's, it, it's it's three liters. It's not that big. Yeah, <laughs> but it may not be compatible with your vehicle. You know, it's it's a lot more research has to be done for your particular vehicle in order to actually get and it also costs a lot of money it does now i highly recommend if you are considering doing anything like that if your vehicle is still under warranty extended warranty whatever it may be you better make sure that it's cool to do that because if the, you bring your vehicle in for a problem and they say oh well it's not covered anymore because you added this component it's going to hurt so i do recommend you keep that in mind but exhaust systems are i mean they often rust. They often mm. fall apart. Yes. You may have an exhaust leak. Right. So I would say if that's an issue, it's it's really great to spend the extra, a little bit of extra money to either replace part of the exhaust system, the entire exhaust system, or maybe you want to protect your catalytic converter if mm. you have a vehicle that it may be exposed and could be easily stolen. Especially Toyota products. Uh, so you may build like, you know, have a little cage for it or and there's companies out there that build them yeah yeah so that could be a nice little gift Actually, that's not a bad idea at all i didn't even think about that one yeah. uh right now uh catalytic converter theft is on the rise Actually, it happened to one of our neighbors here no kidding at our studio oh shoot really yes oh that's a shame I, it, no it's it's really awful no no it's yeah. a shame i wasn't yeah. i wasn't saying that to be funny or sarcastic yeah, no no no, no. I, I understand um mm -hmm. No, it's um, recently, uh, a week prior, Zach told me that one of our office mem uh, neighbors had one of the catalytic converters stolen. I, was the truck parked here? Yes. Okay, well, that makes Over sense. Over the weekend. Yeah. We're, uh, we so have some security still, issues here, which we're fixing. Still, but this is, you know. Yeah. We're, we're in a bigger city. I mean, not a huge city, but Boulder is a sizable city. No, we can't even park something over over the weekend. Yeah, it's a, it's a real shame. So that's something to consider for those of you who might have a vulnerable vehicle is to get something that will protect your catalytic converter. And now some of these cages, they used to be really big, heavy steel things that um, may or may not be approved. So like they don't conduct heat very well. But the newer ones that are out there, there's whole companies that are dedicated to building them. And they build some pretty good stuff. And some of them actually look kind of cool. So that you can add a little... Unique flair to the underside of your truck if you really want to. Yeah. So now, briefly, let's touch on suspension and then yes. wheels and tires. Yes, yes, yes. Because I know you liked one particular wheel. Yes, I did. Um, suspensions. 
for newer vehicles, and I'm talking about last several years, mm-hmm. um, it's becoming really difficult also to lift them. Oh, yeah. I mean, lifting itself could be easy. You could buy a puck lift or something cheap. Right. Uh, we don't really necessarily recommend those. It depends. Um, you can build, you could buy actually pre-made springs mm-hmm. to properly lift your truck right. and then buy some shocks. That could be quite expensive. We've done some of that as well. Yes. But a lot of new trucks have surround cameras. Some of them have parking sensors and or radar systems. And those need to be recalibrated when you lower or lift your vehicle. And now you're in another expense. You're going somewhere else. Yeah. There's an addition to that, guys. A lot of trucks now, and there'll be more in the future, have air suspensions or partial air suspensions or suspensions that have uh, multi-matic shocks or special shocks fancy, shocks, fancy shocks that'll do special types of ride leveling. And if you replace these components to add your own aftermarket ones, you actually might ruin the ride of your truck or frankly make it less drivable. So you really need to do your due diligence before you decide to throw on a, just a suspension lift just because it'll look cool. Seriously, you could make your vehicle far worse by doing it. So yeah, by all means, check it out before you do it. Yeah, that's why we work uh, with companies like we worked with BDS and Fox. Yes, yes, right? yes. Which are actually integrated now. Mm-hmm. So they're the same company now. Oh, yeah, that's so, right. So, which is why, you know, it's easy to trust because mm. they have really great reputations. Well, if you Automakers buy, use them. Yeah. and if But if you're buying something off of, I don't know, Amazon somewhere online, a component that you don't recognize a brand of, yeah, don't, please, no. Yeah, so, be careful of that. Even though it looks cool, once it, it may not last or may not be built to last. The, the components that we're talking about are usually built to high tolerances and are usually quality items. So, it, it, of course, it's up to you. But it, suspension lifts, that's a whole different world of hurt you can put yourself into. Now, uh, yeah, sorry, it's a small picture I gave you, Andre. Um, <laughs> but but it, it's bigger on the picture behind you. Um, yes. So what we're looking at here... Is a steel wheel. Steely. And I am a huge enthusiast for putting steelies onto vehicles, especially off-road vehicles. Very simply put, uh, they're lightweight. Um, they tend to be much lighter weight than a lot of the really big Mickey Mouse ones that are out there, especially if you want to size down, like you get a truck with 20s and you're like, oh, well, I actually want to go off-road. Then you can get a steely, let's say, 17 or 18-inch one and get a proper tire on there. And the cool thing about steel wheels is that, and I've done this, you can damage the hell out of them, but you can also bang them back into shape, unlike a lot of other types of wheels that actually physically break or crack. And once that happens, they're useless. Mm-hmm. These you can actually remove from the vehicle, take the tire off, bang them back into shape, and in most cases, you can get that tire back on and then at least it'll get you home. Uh, I'm, I just absolutely love steel wheels for that, and the fact that they're cheap. The one that you're looking at here, I think, oh, I don't remember it was, that. What, $75? $75 or, or, or less. I think they start at $64. Oh, $65. It was $65. Yeah, there this one go. is $65. So this is a six lug, um, and this one is, you could easily find it on the net, $64, bucks, 65 bucks. But realistically, you know, you're talking about, you know, packaging and all that stuff. You're still might be able to keep it under $300 to get a set of four new wheels. And there are a variety of different designs out there that are all steel, and I highly recommend you consider them. They also conduct heat quite well, which a lot of people don't realize. Yeah, and they're not really, I mean, they're not lighter weight. 
So, but you're, no, like you're saying, they're tough. There's toughness. They're to tough. Them. They're but but they can be lighter weight than some no, of but, these alloy wheels that are out there. That are. But I'm just saying the reason why there's so many aluminum or alloy wheels, because people like larger diameters, and in, in, as soon as you increase the diameter of the wheel, then they become heavier. They become they become much heavier. Yeah. And technically, it's unsprung weight, right? So you want to limit that weight as much as you can. Yeah. Which is why. We, the, there was a trend away from steel wheels, right? But now, like you're saying, a lot of us here at TFL, including Tommy, Roman, and the rest of the guys, uh, we're coming back to steel wheels. Yep. First of all, cheaper. Yep. A lot of them are look actually really amazing. I think so. Um, you can paint them any color. Sometimes they just deliver in black or white. Mm -hmm. um, or you can paint them your own color. Which we've done before as yeah. well. So. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. And once again, very tough wheels that have the potential to be banged back into shape. I look at the long term. If I'm going to go on the trail, just that one time I smacked a rock the wrong way, I would like to know that I could maybe get back home on that same wheel. So that's a big thing for and me, if, at least. And if they're 65 bucks or 100 bucks a piece, then they're easier you're to not, you know, crying all the way home. But if you banged up, you know, a $400 wheel or a $500 wheel, all of a sudden it becomes a bigger hit, right? Right. So, so these are some of the ideas we had. Yes. Let us, know, let us know your ideas, too. Exactly. So in the comments below, if you could please let us know uh, other ideas, both on the expensive end and the lesser priced end, so to speak. Um, and it's things that maybe other people haven't thought about before that would be great additions to the trucks. I mean, the obvious things are out there, but maybe if you have some unique ideas, let us know in the comments below. Yeah, and I, I, we hope we, you are enjoying your Thanksgiving time. Have a wonderful uh, Thanksgiving. Black Friday. Hopefully it wasn't too bad for you. Stay home. Uh, and uh, the weekend, of course, as well. Of course. Guys, thanks so much for joining us. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. We'll see you later. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.